Welcome to the Rolling Stone Stunts, a podcast about the baddest boys of the British Invasion, hosted by your own bad boys, Pete and PJ. What you're hearing behind us right now is the Charlie Watts Quintet uh, playing the song Lover Man, featuring Bernard Fowler on vocals, uh, live from the Dennis Miller Show in 1992. You know, I thought it would be appropriate to play his true love, which is jazz music. Jizz. Jizz music. Pete, how the hell are you? He always you? pronounced it jizz music. J- My favorite music? I love... Oh, not that rock and roll stuff I do. Jizz music. Yeah, jizz music. If you watched, you know, if you watched his interview on Dennis, on Dennis's program. On the DM show. Yeah, he was a real cut up that day. Charlie was just like, oh, my, oh, I got a spot of mustard on my tie. And he was like rubbing it out. And he's like, oh, just rubbing it out to some jizz music. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. Oh, he's talking that about Charlie, jizz music. The funniest Rolling Stone. And also, to be honest, the deadest one. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Charlie Watts. R.I.P. Charlie Watts. We're, we're recording the minute news hit the wires. Yeah. PJ got a telegram in his newsroom at his home in uh, foggy, foggy old London town. town. Yeah. yeah, actually, you got the telegram. It was crazy. You got the telegram at the moment that the street urchins who sell the afternoon papers were running down the street yelling, extra, extra, read all about it. Charlie Watts dead. Rolling Stones drummer. Yeah. And I didn't know what they were talking about until they said Charlie Watts dead. And then I thought, yes. must be another guy. And then they said Rolling Stones drummer. Yes. And I thought... Could and you thought, be? wow, a guy named Charlie Watts and the Rolling Stones drummer died in the same accident? Oh, wow. That's cr- that's crazy, because <laughs> his name is Charlie Watts, too. What are the chances that two yeah. gentlemen named Charlie Watts would be on the same train accident? Yeah. And then the kid was like, one farthing for the paper. I was like, I'm not paying Or, that. can I shine your shoes for two farthings? Because uh, you guys use that again now because of Brexit, right? You're done with the euro. You're yeah. back to the farthing and hay penny system. Yeah, I, I just collect hay pennies, so it's been working out yeah. great for me. That's true. You're that guy who walks up to the store and you're like, "What? A, can I just pay in hay pennies? And you bring out a big old Ziploc yeah. bag. Oh, huge, yeah. Um, you ever been, you know, PJ, you ever walk into the coin star with your bag full of hay pennies and you see a homeless man? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so but we're recording and we're in such a good mood because we're just i mean it's the minute it hasn't sunk in quite yet that charlie watts by all accounts the best rolling stone oh the only good rolling stone i'd say yeah the best rolling stone as a person and potentially as a musician yeah uh has died today and uh you know, PJ, we haven't even heard... Oh, wait. Wait, what's that noise? Oh, it's just coming across the wires now. Uh, let's see. It's that he passed, quote, peacefully in a London hospital. So, yeah, yeah, that's pretty pretty sad. You know, he, uh, does anybody pass peacefully in a hospital? Like, Yeah, good point. Like, is is it peaceful after they do the clear 
thump thing like right. six times. <laughs> or or, is it or before that? yeah, which yeah, exactly, exactly. Which part is that peaceful? Yeah. Um, it's kind of unclear. I guess we could do some more research. Um, no, actually, because it's it's undefined was the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. He had some health issue where he was saying he wasn't going to tour with the Stones, uh, but he wasn't really Which, open about what that was. And I, I guess it's connected. I feel like I would we got to assume, assume so. it's the same health issue that. Right, and I read an article that was written. I don't know, half an hour ago, an hour ago. Yeah, was yeah. Talking about how the Rolling right Stones. Right when we all heard. Yeah. yeah. I was talking about how the Rolling Stones plan to uh, just. Carry on as if nothing happened is basically what it says. Oh said. yeah, yeah. Well, they're they were already the whole thing do is it. Yeah. yeah. If a member dies or quits in a rage because we ignore them as a human being and fellow artist, we just carry on as if nothing happened, of yeah. course, and get back right back into the studio or maybe hold a concert in their honor, you know, yeah. quote unquote, something like that. Uh, so yeah, I hear they're planning on the the Charlie Watts tour is coming up the RIP Charlie tour. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they're going to honor him by every show. It's just going to be, this is just coming across the wires too. every show at the tour. They're going to have the drum set in the middle center of the stage. And then it's going to have spotlights on it, but just no one's going to be at it. And then they're just going to play all their songs without drums. They're going to be like, this is what it would have been like if Charlie was never in the Stones. And then they're going to play every show after that, like that. Yeah. And then once per concert, Ringo will come out (laughs) and play with them for one song. Oh, God. Would you be surprised if they just got Ringo to tour with them? No. That absolutely sounds like what they would do. He would be very happy to, I feel like. Yeah. He's just got to... And also, no disrespect to Charlie... Or the Rolling Stones songwriting, but you could pick that shit up in a minute yeah. if you're Ringo Starr. You're like, oh, I got it. Yep. That's mm-hmm. true. 60s rock. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, I learned an interesting thing about Ringo Starr, not to change our subject of drummers. No, this is an all Charlie, all the time episode. Go ahead with your Ringo story. Um, so you, you're familiar with Perfect Pitch. Somebody can say, oh, that. Oh, sure. Call- That's my favorite movie. Yeah. Perfect Pitch 2. The. Did, did that have a subtitle or was it just called that? Yeah, Perfect Pitch 2, um, two singers, two cups. Uh. Stack of cups, I mean. God damn it. <laughs> two singers. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so apparently that is also a thing with tempos. So you can like, oh. so you can be like, hey, 120 beats a minute. And somebody can like, just That's ring. really nuts. And Ringo yeah. Starr has that. Oh, of course he does. Yeah, of course he does. He's the backbone of the Beatles, don't you know? Those silver Beatles. All <laughs> um, oh, the silver Beatles would be nowhere without Ricky, Richie Stark. Is it Richie or Ricky? Uh, Richard. Richie, right? Richard. Richard, yeah. Richard Stark. Richard Starkly. Ah, uh, what a guy. Yeah. And what a stupid name. Yeah. Well, it is a sad day. Genuinely. It's Charlie, I mean, he's the first Rolling Stone to die which is a monumentous occasion that yeah. they all made it this far. How the fuck? Without having someone die yet. Yeah. I mean, they did so many drugs. They all swam yeah. in so many swimming pools drunk. Yeah. They, you know, they just banged their way around. They probably had like every STD known to man, man. Let's name chlamydia, and gonorrhea, herpes sure. simplex 2. The rest. The, all of them. 
<laughs> all of them. They all had suits of, they all could wear that suit of armor from like King Richard or whatever with the enlarged cod piece because yep. of his, was it, is it gonorrhea that swells your genitals? I forget which one now. That's syphilis, I think. Syphilis, thank you. They all put that on for a photo shoot one time, and they were like, oh, it's funny because it actually it actually yeah, fits. Uh, and then Bill was like, I mean, for me, it just fits because my dick is big. That's but. true. I've heard that about Bill. That's why he plays the yeah. bass. It's a fun fact about bassists. Um, so, it, but it is it's shocking. It's just very crazy, yeah. Especially, he's the he was only 80 years old, which I was, I was like, yeah. they have to be well into their 90s at this point. Yeah. Um, which I, you know. That's a mistake on my part. I could have looked it up at any time. But um, the fact that Keith Richards and um, Mick Jagger are still alive in their 80s, presumably, and, like, Mm -hmm. just... They look like skeletons. Like, they they have been malnourished for 50 fucking years. Like, how... Yeah, Yeah, they're bags of bones. It is crazy to me that Charlie's the first one to go. It is. It is. Um, And, you know, it really just, it feels like one of those turning points in the band's history where we're going to look back on this and you're just going to be like, you know what? They were still a good band after Charlie was gone, but artistically, it's like they just lost (laughs) a little bit of their their soul. Like their their artistic output now, the next, I mean, what's the next album even going to be? Yeah. Just more blues covers with a different drummer. But it's not going to have the same Watts soul to it. No. Of course. But it'll have that you know, nice Ringo okay. flair. Yeah. Speaking of it being crazy that he's the first one gone, we haven't quite gotten here chronologically in our podcast, but it's well known that Charlie drank, but not a ton, and really did little to no drugs throughout all of the 60s and 70s. Right. Um, he introduced them, I mean, famously. He introduced them to Reefer through his jazz buddies. Yeah, <laughs> which um, is very funny to me. I know, but um, but wasn't a huge uh, uh, drug guy himself. Yeah, yeah. Until he had, uh, I don't know about brief, brief compared to the rest of the band, heroin addiction in the '80s for a few years. Hmm. Um, when he kind of, I, I think according to him, he's done interviews about it, and I think it's credited to him just calling it a midlife crisis essentially which is quite the midlife crisis yeah um and i just i i don't want this to be true but it also seems like it would be perfectly ironically the rolling stones if whatever unrelated illness he had the doctors were just like yeah you shouldn't have done heroin for that like five years in the 80s and he's like they've been doing it for the whole fucking time i was just trying to live longer yeah Yeah. i know (laughs) he's like it was five years keith's been doing it for like 40 come on keith still injects it between his toes when they're transfusing his blood i hear (laughs) yeah i mean at this point he just pops it into the iv and then when the blood goes in the heroin goes in yeah exactly um so and like truly the only one who we've not heard negative things about like at this point i think yes bill hasn't done anything crazy but later on, Bill becomes no, but, re- really problematic, yeah. like super Bill, problematic. Yes, um, yeah. you know, and at this point, Keith and Mick are already just terrible people. Just yes, Charlie, and every album, I have said Charlie's killing it on this album. He's the one. Yeah. He's the oh, constant yeah. throughout everything. For sure, yeah. It's like 
he is the only thing that's like that everyone both it seems like in the rolling stones and everyone who has like written about or like listened to the stones or encountered them he's just like the constant that it was he was a cool guy they're like steady <laughs> backbeat <laughs> yeah uh through like their whole career you know and just yeah, there was. There's no controversy or even like differing opinion on Charlie Watts. It seems yeah. like, which is impressive over that long of a of a career. Yeah, absolutely. That you know, I mean, how? I mean, he was probably twenty when they started, right? So, ish. Yeah, sixty years of a career, and like, I'm I'm not saying that everybody does something problematic, but it's very few times that you see somebody being like oh yeah no they were famous since the 60s and they've not done anything bad yeah he's like oh yeah i fucked a 14 year old in 1966 but it was fine then it's like (laughs) was it i don't know yeah yeah um let's see so from an obit that is just now being published uh there was a an interest a couple interesting things i wanted to point out that have not come up on our show yet i think maybe they were a little bit newer things uh so here's one the, and this is great this is one that if we haven't heard about this yet like in our you know show then we've been we dropped the ball yeah uh okay so here's just watts like to collect cars even though he didn't drive and would simply sit in them in his garage <laughs> <laughs> just pretending i don't know yeah it's like it could go either two way either he is yes he's like pretending he's street racing the whole time in what i assume is like a 1920s bentley or some shit you know like just this very fancy old car (laughs) either he's doing that or i kind of prefer i like to imagine he just gets up on a day off it's like 8 a.m he puts on his like perfectly tailored three-piece suit and tie he goes down makes a cup of tea and then just takes it into the garage, climbs into the back seat of one of his cars, closes the door, and then just sits there in the dark quiet and sips his tea <laughs> for like 30 minutes and then comes out and is like, okay, I'm ready for the day. Mm, it's good to own cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love cars. I also just love the idea of him like at a famous person party standing around and some other famous person who's like into cars is like, Charlie, someone told me that you love cars, like collect cars. Tell me about it. And they start talking about it. And then it comes out that, oh, I don't drive yeah. them. How's they that, just sit there. How does that thing ride? Yeah. Couldn't tell <laughs> yeah. you. I don't know. Also, you ever been out on the track? No, no. If, you, if you've collected cars, why, <laughs> why not just learn how to drive? Why not learn how to drive? Or, I mean, maybe, <laughs> I guess, we don't know. It's possible he had a driver, so he would just ride in them, and it was fun to have fancy cars, but... It's also great to imagine that he was actually into, like, very modern cars. Like, yeah. he had whatever brand new Lamborghini yeah. just came out. Ah, it this looks one like looks a fucking fast. rapper's garage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. He squeezes his lanky body in there. That is truly amazing. <laughs> That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. So, and then the other thing from this, from this obit that I noticed and was really had me thinking thinking is it mentions like he has like a laid-back drumming style blah 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 and like would hardly ever solo and then i'm like i wonder if 
I don't think, at least through what we've listened to so far up to 1981, I don't think he has ever had a drum solo. And, like, not even close. Yeah. He barely does fills, really. Oh, no, he does the best fills. Um, I mean, he does them, but they're pretty compact, I guess, you know? And they yeah. don't even show up on, like, most songs. That's He's really true. good at the, like, one to two hit fills. He's not doing any... But he is the master shit, of but... those. Yeah. Also, I don't want to hear drum solos. Almost ever. Yeah. Um, so, true. good for him. Um, it just seems a little bit crazy through like that much of a through career. their whole career that there would never even have been like a 10 second breakdown on a song where he just like got in some, you know, floor Tom rolls or yeah. something. If we're wrong, you know, feel free to email us. Uh, yeah. Beach boys, boys at gmail.com. Um, but no, I was thinking that same thing. I tried to look up solos and like I yeah. found kind of one. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not even, I mean, the other famous drummer, to bring him up again, is Ringo, who also was famous for having, like, a very reserved, kind of simplistic style. Uh, and then he also, again, very famously, though, had the one solo Yeah, on the last song they ever recorded, so. The end. The end. Anyway. Well, so, we're gathered here today. Uh, to mourn the passing. I don't know. Why, I don't know why this started this way. Uh, I'm just trying to transition to. So we wanted to jump on for a, I mean, an emergency podcast. Obviously, yeah. if if uh, if you hadn't noticed, we've been taking a brief hiatus. But um, yeah, after this one, it actually came perfectly time. Thank you, Charlie. Um, because <laughs> kind of did. We needed yeah. a kick in the pants to get back in the studio. That's true. Here. Um. So, you know, we'll we'll start having regular episodes out uh, starting this next week. So, um, yeah, but we wanted to just come and uh, and t talk Charlie Watts a little bit, you know, yeah. reflect on his life uh, through the music of the Rolling Stones, which is what this show is all about. Yeah. So um, let's see. Do we want to do we want to start talking Charlie Watts? I think we do. Um, we have pulled out a few of our favorite drum parts he's done um did is that the only story you had about him i think so okay i've got one that i think i've told on the podcast before but it is a pretty good story i think i know the one and go for it it's worth telling again um there was one night where keith and i and this was i said before this was like early on in their career i was wrong this was like late 80s early 90s um, really? I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah. And Charlie Wa or uh, Keith and um, Mick and whomever else was hanging around at that time were like. You got to think Ronald Donald was around. Ronald Donald would for sure. Maybe Bill. Bill doesn't seem to like them though very much. I think I forget. Bill left in like '95. I want to say. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, remember I don't know if he's still. In the I band. think he left a little later. So, but, but anyway. But they were all drunk and probably you know stoned and super high on heroin and they kept like yelling at him uh f from like downstairs of the hotel and then uh he was like hey guys i don't want to hang out thanks though and then they like called the room and they just kept calling until he answered and then uh he finally answered and mick was like get down here i need my drummer and then charlie watts packed up all of his shit put on a really nice suit 
went downstairs, punched him in the face, and went, uh, <laughs> I'm not your drummer, you're my singer, pal. And just, <laughs> uh, well, I was going to say drove away, but presumably uh, caught a bus. Yeah, or... yeah, yeah. Caught a bus. He, he whipped out his skateboard and grabbed the tailgate <laughs> of a passing motor car. Yeah. <laughs> but and Zoomed away. Which is so amazing. So, so great. Yeah. And you know what? Let's just get a quick, just before we get into the music alone, because I do feel like it's worth mentioning. Let's get a quick just remembrance. I wish we could do one of those slideshows with like sad music, but of like the year and a half where Charlie had really fucking long hair and he looked like an insane person in like 19, late 1969 through 1970. Okay, sir. He's everybody's one of the only like rock stars of the era who just straight up looked so much worse with long hair. Yeah. He looked so like such an idiot. What we need everybody to do is go to Google and look up. <laughs> Um, Charlie Watts through those years Charlie or Peter just said and mm-hmm. then we'll just put on the music for you and yeah, then just imagine exactly. yeah like you just scroll show. through and in the arms of an angel we'll be playing say goodbye, <laughs> yeah that's perfect he looks like a Manson follower oh is like funny. my main concern <laughs> he looks like an Airedale Terrier yeah he just they're all kind of like unique looking guys i would say just in terms of their facial structure but for some reason his specific facial structure clashes with long hair like nothing i've ever seen yeah it makes him look so crazy it's because he's already so skinny um and then like the hair just accentuates how skinny it is and it's so stringy um yeah yeah and i was not thinking of an airedale terrier i was thinking of the fuck uh a large nosed oh god damn it <laughs> dailymail.co.uk wants me to pay for their goddamn website oh bullshit you live in england what are I they know. supposed to do about it come on i'll have to go around the corner and pick one up yeah anyway have to go into the corner to their editorial offices and give them what for <laughs> um you know those just fucking long nosed dogs that are disgusting he looks like that oh yeah 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 i God, what are those called? Someone in my old neighborhood used to walk. They had three of them. Ew. All, like, the exact same size and, like, coloring on the coat, and they were all so gross. What are those called? They're disgusting. I feel like it's a type of collie. That could be. Um, You know who he looks like? And I think I've said this before as well. He looks like um, um, Javier Bardem in No Country for Old Men. Yeah, he kind of does. Um, same exact haircut. What's that guy's name? Um, uh, oh, it's going to drive me crazy. I think I found the dog you're thinking of. Anton Sugar. He looks like Anton Sugar. He does look like Anton Sugar. God damn it. This article on Tail and Fur is long. Are you thinking of an Afghan hound? Look up Afghan Hound and like one with just really straight hair. Oh yeah, these ugly fuckers. <laughs> yeah, he looks he like honestly that. Honestly, really does. Oh my god, they're the grossest dog. <laughs> I hate them. Um. Oh my word. Yeah, he does. I'm going to. That's hilarious. So if you look up Charlie Watts long hair, um, go ahead and Google image that for me, Pete. Okay. The first picture that comes up is a picture of him. It's some Reddit discussion. Who fucking cares? But um, 
Do you see the picture? It's yeah. a picture of him next to a picture of him with short hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks really, really good with, like, short hair. Like He does. Almost a yeah. buzz cut. Like, a buzz cut grown out for, like, a month. He does, because he he's looks... got, like, the facial features for short hair, man. Yeah. But, oh, <laughs> if you look it up, the six pictures of him next to Anton Sugar, which is very funny. I didn't even realize <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, he really does look like him with that mid-length. Oh, yeah. Oof. Hair. It's, yeah, the long hair's rough, but... I digress. You know, a handsome man with short hair. I'll say it. I think I yeah. have thought he was he always is. weird looking because his hair has always been long. But as an old man, he looks pretty good, too. Yeah. Well, looked pretty good. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> you want to get into... R.I.P. Charlie. To a real one. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, it's actually also... I mean, it's not kind of funny that he just died, but I have been like before a little break here i was knocking around for a few weeks like bringing up talking about charlie's drumming and for some reason or another had just not found time for it in the show uh, clearly because we were talking about so much other important stuff oh yeah all the time. um but like had just really noticed how laid back he is and like i feel like a lot of our focus especially through the mctaylor years was just like on Mick or on bass or on like Nikki Hopkins throwing in. So we just like never really talked about the drums through the whole yeah. show or like not often. Um, That's not true. I bring it up every episode. <laughs> I mean, you probably do, but just in terms of listening, I don't, you know, listen to them. And it is like a weird, unique thing where he's such a like renowned and accomplished drummer, but where you can go through them like, through their discography and the drums almost never stand out just because that is his style. I like that in a drummer though. Like I, yeah. I don't like the extremes. Like I think Neil Peart obviously was an amazing drummer. Does every rush song need a 10 minute solo in it? No, it does not. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. you know, on the other end of that, Meg white, very basic drummer did not know how to drum before start joining the band. Um, it's but sim- every White Stripe song should have a 10-minute yeah. Meg White solo, <laughs> right. is what we're saying. Exactly. Yeah. I'm glad you knew where I was going with that. Meg White, of the famously of the travel of the female traveling yeah. warbirds. <laughs> <laughs> that is, I think at this point, a callback to an episode that hasn't come out yet. So... <laughs> This that will that joke will be a lot better in a few weeks for oh, whoever's listening uh, yeah. to this now. Uh, yeah, you, so that's a call forward. Yeah, exactly, a call forward. Um, <laughs> but you know, I don't I don't necessarily love that style of drumming either. Like I yeah. I love the white stripes, but you know, what what if they had a better drummer? But like, like one of the stripes, exactly. Um, but you know, like Ringo and Charlie Watts yeah. and like. Who else is like that? There's a few other examples of that. Keith Moon, he was like outrageous. He was not like that at all. Yeah. Great drummer, obviously, and same with John Bonham. Yeah. But like, I would I would say none of them are my. Fa- I think Ringo is yeah. probably my favorite like rock drummer, and then Charlie Watts might be a close second. Yeah, yeah, he has a very. It's definitely I feel like kind of a style of the era where like in the '60s drummers were either. And they were either, like, literally just backbeat keepers. Yeah. Which, like, despite his talent as a jazz drummer, I would say in kind of 60s Rolling Stones music, 
Yeah. That's essentially what he did. Like, there's not a lot where he's doing anything. He he really barely even does a fill in, like, through 1968, I think. That's fair. The, the crazy thing is that he was a jazz drummer, and he didn't ever do, like, crazy... Like, Keith Moon and... Yeah. Like, he didn't incorporate yeah. it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, Keith Moon and John Bonham were, like, huge Gene Krupa fans, and, you know, they're all about, yeah. like crazy drum fills and i imagine charlie was too but he i don't know i think that's he can sense like what the music needs and it is not a goddamn drum solo yeah that's what yeah that's what i was kind of or that's part of what um i feel like is his uniqueness is that he's he's really always seems focused on just drumming for the song yeah rather than having any other focus and like doing just enough in terms of fills or in terms of like accompaniment kind of, but never more than whatever is like necessary. Just enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like just blending in as a drummer instead of standing out in a way yeah. that isn't bad, but just which that, I like, think yeah, is, those other types of drummers do. Right. Which I think is something that him and Ringo both do effortlessly. And I think that's why they're such good rock drummers is like, yeah. they're phenomenal drummers, but they know how to read a room, you know? Yeah. Anyway, should we show yeah. some examples of that? Here's would, Octopus's Garden. I would love to. Right. Um, well, not really examples of that, because that's, I mean, no, examples. Not examples of that. Examples of yeah. his drumming is more what I meant. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it is weirdly a little bit hard to find, like, your, like, favorite charlie watts songs i feel like yeah. or like ones that he like really stands out on just because they are kind of few and far between and i will say like i had some initial thoughts off the top of my head and then i did some googling and obviously here in the like two three hours after his death there's been a ton of articles already about you know here's some of the best charlie watts songs yeah and a good amount of those i don't agree with where i'm like that's not a particularly interesting drum song i feel like so i also read a few so articles. laid back yeah. with the stones that it's like even hard to kind of choose i feel like interesting ones because it's about some really minor details here and there yeah a lot of times um yeah absolutely uh i i read like five articles that were like this is the best song that he ever drummed on and yeah. it was like it's not it's absolutely it's not um yeah um, so the first one I have pulled up is... Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to go for it. Let's just go back and forth, yeah. Ooh, interesting. I thought about this one. See, Charlie Watts is the king of no drums and then like his fills going into where there yes. are drums fucking rocks every time yeah that's one thing i definitely noticed like listening to a lot of stones this uh today um today just how often like almost every single stone song yeah. you know as we've talked about kind of their style is generally starting without drums and then him coming in with like a two or three yeah. beat fill is always very good. Yeah. But then this like, I don't, it's just like a heavy beat and I really like it. I mean basic, but it sounds so yeah. good. It does. 
Well, and it's one of those things where, like... I mean, obviously, a band can work with many different types of drummers and everything, but it just really feels like the Stones would not have worked without Charlie, both in his personality and in his musical style. Where oh, it absolutely. Just, yeah. It feels like if they had a more aggressive drummer or more of like a hard rock drummer, it just would have deteriorated or it just would have, you know. It, it might have sounded more Southern rocky, you know? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't think the Stones can necessarily do that as a band for 60 years alright Pete what song you got mm, let's go let's go old school let's go paint it black Like, not necessarily a revolutionary drum uh, drum line, but I just feel like, speaking of, you know, giving the song exactly what it needs, like, he takes this kind of esoteric, psychedelic song and gives it this, like, hard-driving yeah. rock rhythm that really keeps it grounded and, and, you know, I don't know, makes it a classic instead of being like a weird psychedelic 60s song that yeah and doesn't like, translate to modern ears and like i know everybody always says how the drummers are the backbone but genuinely he gave this song structure yeah. and like a backbone yeah. for sure and it's impressive yeah it's good stuff and he does get in those floor tom rolls in the end yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's good. So, next one I have is you can't always get what you want, but it is specifically when it's going from no drums to drums. I love the fill. Wait, isn't this the one he didn't play on? Did he not play on this one? <laughs> God damn I it. think so. Isn't this the one Jimmy Miller jumped in on? I knew there was one. I knew there was like a few, but I know one I really always forget one. though whether it's this one or Gimme Shelter. Let's look it up. Yeah, look it up, and then whichever. And you one, can edit that out. <laughs> yeah, whichever one it's not, because I have both of them pulled up. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you can do the other. Because I thought it was Sympathy for the Devil, but I think I'm wrong about uh, that. Oh yeah. Yeah, we got Jimmy Miller on drums. Okay, so never mind. Damn. But yeah, because that's like the one instance. I mean, it is a good where fill. apparently Charlie just couldn't get it. I hope he's playing that though. No, Charlie's not credited on this song even a little bit. Well, okay, but Charlie's like, if I don't get to play the drums, I'm not doing anything. I'm just gonna go sit in my car. But this is a good fill. Let's. I just want to hear it real quick. Oh, it is good. It is a really great fill. You know what's crazy about that story, is that it 
feels like it's Charlie drumming if you don't know that. Like, it feels like I a thing Charlie could have done, and it sounds like his style and everything, you know? Maybe he just didn't want to hang out that day. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he was just in a bad mood, and Jimmy was being kind of a dick, and he's like, dude, just go for it. I don't care. That's all you. I got shit to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I got a car to go by and <laughs> yeah. not drive. I got to go sit in my car for six hours. <laughs> and he just... <laughs> He has a little television in there, and he's, like, doing his ironing. <laughs> uh, see, now now that we've done a bit, I have to keep all that in where I thought he did the... <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, well. All right. So, my second song. I mean, it is worth mentioning the, like, yeah. very famous song he doesn't drum on, I guess. I suppose like, so. Especially because it's such a rare occurrence for him to not show yeah. up. Like, Bill, when Bill fucking died, or does die, who even knows if he's still alive? Bill is still alive, I'm pretty sure. If we do a Bill R.I.P. episode, which I don't know if we do for pedophiles. No, but, fuck that. Yeah. Um, If we do that, it'll be like, which songs did Bill even play on? We don't know. It's mostly just Keith and Little Mick being like, I'll just play bass on this yeah, one. Yeah, fuck off, Bill. You're basically a touring Bill's just band gets member. to be from another land for like an hour. That's all we talk about. Yeah. Um, so the second song I have is Give okay. Me Shelter. Just it's boom, boom, boom. But it's it works yeah. so well. <laughs> But then the cajon, which, or not the cajon, the guero, yeah. which I hope he's playing. Yeah. Also, this is like a really weird drum beat. Like, it changes at weird times. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's weird, but it's really good. Just a good, good song. It is good drumming. It's good. All right, which one you want me to play, Pete? Let's go. Let's go, Mercy, Mercy. I think listeners will remember this being a highlight for me of the Rolling Stones' early years, and it was just all about mostly the production and like. I'm pretty sure the only thing that's really different is they just recorded this song with the mics right up next to the kick drum. Yeah. But it's it just puts the focus that he deserves where it's like he is just such a good you know, backbeat and so having it oh, so wait, powerfully wait, wait. in there. Let's go back to that. That was a pretty substantial fill. <laughs> it's like several hits at once. Yeah. Yeah, this is just one of those where it's like... It's very drums yeah. forward. Yeah. Yes. And it's very nice to, to hear Charlie front and center. Yeah. This is a good drum beat. I do love that that bass drum is like... You're right, it's like right yeah, up I want to hear like all of their old albums remastered if it's... I don't even... It's probably not possible. But remastered with just the drums all sounding like this. Yeah. I feel like they'd be such a cooler sounding band in like 1964. Oh, yeah. There we go. Ugh. 
Did they only give him a snare, a bass drum, and a hi-hat for this song? It seems like it up until, like, like 1967, that's what every yeah. drummer had. It was like they'd be yeah. on stage with a bass drum, a snare, and, yeah, yeah like... I mean, definitely on TV, I think, for yeah. sure. Well, they, and they then, weren't even playing on TV, though, most of the time. Yeah. And then, well, right, yeah, it would just be a piece of cardboard in front of them. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think... Because even in, like, Rock's early days, I think they were generally just using jazz and, like, band drum kits, which yeah. were a snare, the floor tom, and then one tom, generally. Like, you almost never had more than the... And then the bass drum. Often, Oftentimes, it was just a floor tom, the bass, snare, and yeah. then, like, a ride cymbal. Right. Yeah. yeah. Pretty common, too. Yeah. It is good. So the one next one I have is "Rip This Joint," Ooh. which there's just so much energy behind it. Yeah. Also, you know, I have I don't pay attention to the Rolling Stones lyrics a whole lot. Uh, "Rip This Joint," I thought was about like tearing up like. A venue or something. It's about yeah. smoking a marijuana cigarette, is what I'm. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, which I realized <laughs> tonight when I looked it up. I was like, oh, yeah. fuck, that's what they mean. <laughs> it's just, it's mostly just very cute. I mean, they were obviously a very, like, a bunch of fucking degenerates. Yeah. But it also seems just very cute and, like, naive that in 1972, when Keith was almost dead from heroin addiction, they were like, let's write a song about smoking a joint, you know, like... Oi, mate. The Beatles were doing that in 67, man. Yeah. They were over it. This is is a high point of drumming from Charlie for me. Yeah, I would say, I mean, like most of the band, he is at his best in the Mick Taylor years. Oh, which yeah. Which is we'll no get surprise. We'll to a little more on later. But. Yeah. All right. Let's, speaking of that, let's get to, uh, let's get to Sway. How about... Yeah, oh my god. It's good. It's like, I mean, it's kind of crazy because it, it's partially just how laid back he usually is that this feels like he's fucking Ginger Baker all of a sudden. Right. But it really feels like Charlie's rocking on this, and then I want to talk Moonlight Mile later too, but it, it really feels like Charlie got a little bit of hard rock in him on this album. Yeah. Real quick, let's take a step aside and check out some... This is a video called Charlie Watts All Down the Line, You Aren't Too Old, Charlie. Is this from Brussels? Uh, or is it a different concert? I don't know. It doesn't say. I feel like I read somewhere recently that the like his he him at that Brussels show that we talked about a few episodes ago is supposed yeah. to be really good. This is good. He's fucking laying it down. Yeah, and Mick sounds great. 2015. All down the lane. 
It sounds like he's auditioning to sing for R.E.M. <laughs> I was gonna say David Bowie, but bad, <laughs> like a bad David Bowie cover. Bad band. anybody. Oh shit, he's killing it. Effort, and the thing is, now that I'm watching him yeah. do it, f- six years ago, yeah, just fucking like laying it down effortlessly, like. like it does yeah. not. He's so oh. good. Anyway, let's go to Moonlight Mile. Sure, we got to find the point where it kicks in, yeah. but it's gonna be a while. My favorite album cover of theirs. Oh, yeah. That's like a full kit fill. He used every drum there. That's incredible, Charlie. <laughs> and that's like... It's such heavy drumming, but like if you're not paying attention to it, you don't realize drums come mm-hmm. in and out for yeah. 10 seconds, yeah. you know? Yeah. That is cool. It's good stuff. Very good stuff. Good song, just all that's, around. Yeah. Moonlight Miles. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, my next one is Loving Cup. But Ooh, a specific nice. moment. Oh, I know what you're doing, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. This is the best one. It's really good, man. Yeah. That one might be. That one's my favorite, I think. It's very, very good. Oh, man, that got me real amped up. All right. You want to do yesterday's papers? Uh, let's jump to under my thumb. That one's, for some reason, Loving Cup is making me think of Under My Thumb. (laughs) It's because they kind of rhyme. Mostly just his, like, it sounds like he's doing the thing where he just hits all his drums down with one stick. Yeah. Like that specific fill, I feel like is just so perfect in this song and is very tied to. As we talked about at the time, this was my favorite Rolling Stones song for a long time. So this oh, is like. It's a good one. Just yeah. the, his fills on this. You know what they make me think of actually is like he's very Mick Fleetwood on this song, I feel like, where he's doing these like interesting spare fills, but where it's like. I don't know. It's good stuff. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I could. Okay. I could kind of hear yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know if I have said this on the podcast, but um, I started to get into the Rolling Stones around the time 
YouTube came out, which was also the time that my family got a laptop that me and two of my siblings shared. And uh, the like first Stone songs that got me into the Stones were recommended, and it was hmm. Beast of Burden and Under My Thumb. Those were the first two. It's a good first where two. I was like, these are this band is awesome. This band rules. And then I listened to a lot of their music after that and bought some stickers. Ooh. Yeah. At Hobby Lobby. So, let's go to Shine a Light. How about that? Yeah. Did I pick this one? Yeah. I would never. To be honest, I don't really remember Shine a Light. That second disc, disc of Exile still ends it all down the line for me. Ugh, it's so good, all of it. I know why I picked this now. It's because it's the same thing that I liked before, where it does. <laughs> there's no drums and then it goes into drums. Yeah. Maybe I'm just a sucker for and that. And he just does a cool fill. Maybe that's why I like his album so much, because I'm a sucker for saxophones on a rock song and that. Yeah, yeah. Stones have got some music for you, buddy. Do you love when the guitar comes in first and then the drums come in later and it's... I love when it's an acoustic song and then it's not an acoustic song all of a sudden. Oh my god. And there's a saxophone. I can make a playlist for you, buddy. Oh. No, it didn't even... It's not even like a fill that goes into it. I think I just really like this drum beat. It's a very interesting one. This weird shuffle rhythm that's happening. That like, he could just be doing a 4-4 beat right now, but instead he's not. No, He's and doing it, a very... And it fits the song so well. Yeah. Oh, and then there's the... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are That's... nice. You know, if people want a definitive list of the best songs Charlie has drummed on, they should come here, not goddamn should, Pitchfork yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Get out of here, Spin. Yeah. <laughs> they just put all the hits on there, which drove me crazy. Yeah, right. And then everyone seemed to have the same like late 80s song that I don't even remember which one it was. And it's like, it's probably fine, but come on, guys. It's it's no loving cup, you know? Yeah, some, one of the ones that I read had Tumbling Dice. And like that is maybe my yeah. favorite Stone song, but it's like the drums on there aren't anything aren't interesting. interesting. They're just like a normal drum track, so I don't no, understand. It, it was like just all of their hits from like the late yeah. 70s, it seemed like. Or I guess mid-70s. Oh, yeah. Gotta get clicks, bro. Um. You want to go to Ventilator Blues, Yesterday's Paper, and Miss Amanda Jones? Let's let's get between the buttons out of the way. So what what I wanted to talk about here is like I don't even honestly know if I still think his drums are that amazing on Between the Buttons, but they're just so well they're really good on Miss Amanda Jones. But this is the best song off this album, so it's helpful. It is the best song on this album. But just it's interesting to see Charlie do. This is the most out of like his usual element with the stones that he gets on this album he gets very experimental and weird and stops worrying about being like their backbeat and backbone and it leads to some weird moments this is pretty good especially for what did this come out like 67 7 yeah Yeah. Yeah. So I have one that you're going to hate. I'll just Go play it. it. Couldn't drag me 
<laughs> Is this just whenever a stone dies, we're like one of their best songs? <laughs> I just love this song. Yeah. I don't even think I played it at the right time that I meant to. <laughs> Maybe there I think there's a fill coming up that I really like. Now you You, you know, he is the first. No, it's because when it comes in there, and then, and then there's a fill coming up that I love. I really like that Phil. Oh, is he? Yeah. He's great. Yeah. It's good. Um, and Let's you know, go to yesterday's papers. <laughs> <laughs> he is truly the first member of the Rolling Stones to die because Brian Jones. Brian was, faked his death. Yeah. We all know. Oh, and, and he wasn't even in the Stones at that time. Yeah, true. Who Technically, he had been fired. That's yes. a great point. Who wants yesterday's gun? It's just a good example of when Charlie gets weird, the stones fucking kind of suck. <laughs> like, I think we talked about this during this episode, but there's songs, this song and another couple on this album where he just like never uses cymbals and he's just using his toms the whole time and stuff. And it's, it doesn't suck, but it's definitely different. We'll say that. I will say this song absolutely fucking blows. Um, I do kind of like the. Oh, you love that. Though. You love that version. Who wants yesterday's podcast? Yeah. yeah, I like your version better. Oh, okay. Yeah, who was that? That song that. Yeah. Our good pal Jake. Um, yeah, I could agree with that. Like, whenever I mean, no, that's a good point. Um. So this one. Is, this is the last one I have. Ooh, nice. It's and it's only the beat of the drums that make this song what it is, I think. Yeah. Also this song fucking rules. Maybe I just like. No, it's good. This drumming's good on this. Yeah, it's great. We call that four on the floor. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. All right, and then you got one more, I think. Yeah, let's end on ventilator blues. Oh, this is a good one to end on. Really, just, this all, just feels, all of Exile is good. Yeah, this just feels like a quintessential Charlie because it's just he's just drumming for the song where he's not standing out, but he's doing just enough to be like a perfect, to enhance the song. Yeah. Mostly I'm just thinking of his double hit there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like he could just be doing a regular, you know, drum beat, but instead he just finds a little something to accent yeah. it. And I want to think that he, like, did that drum beat and then the horns were playing off of him, you know? Yeah. Just, it feels right that, yeah. I'm, I'm just going to assume that. know we made light of it but truly we were both pretty bummed when charlie watts died because he is the only redeeming human being in the rolling stones um and you know all around good dude i think and we yeah you know he's been our favorite stone since the beginning i think yeah i mean he's the only one that's like yeah we said out and out a likable human being right um and it's hard. You know, he's the only one who showed empathy, like, when their concert got people killed. Yeah. He's the only one. Who seemed to care when Brian Jones died. Yeah. Isn't, was, no, none of them showed up, right? I'm trying to think now. I feel like Charlie someone did. did show up. Yeah, Charlie did. Yeah. To the to the um, funeral thing, the yeah. service they had for him or whatever. Yeah, Charlie and Bill were the only Rolling Stones okay. who attended. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it is a sad, sad thing, and it does legitimately make me wonder what the Stones are going to do, because they apparently had a 2021 tour scheduled. I'd be kind of surprised if they still did that tour. No, they s- said they are. They said they're carrying okay. on as if nothing happened. Right, of course. Well, how else would they yeah, <laughs> react? That's their thing. Um, yeah. And so it'll be weird to see what happens there. Very yeah. weird. Real quick. I mean, I guess they probably already had a drummer hired since he already said he wasn't coming due to his yeah. health. So let's see. Um, Steve Jordan. Let's look up his. Uh, I love Steve Jordan. Oh resume. When he was with Steve Jordan and the Blues and the Little Blues Boys, my favorite group of all time. Ah, he was a member of the bands for the television show Saturday Night Live and Late Night with David Letterman. Oh, of course. Wait, who? At what what year was Steve Jordan in Alexis Corner's blues band? Because that's you got to go through there to become a Stone. So. That's true. Let's or see. um, God damn it, whatever band Mick went through, Little Mick. What was that band? The blues. Um. Um. God damn it. No, that was Alexis Corner, right? No, no, because that was Brian's like band, and then they all joined for a day and then quit. Um. No, he was in Alexis Corner. I guarantee it. No, Little Mick was no. Oh, it was a different the Blues guy. Breakers. John yeah, Mayall and the you. Blues Breakers. John Miles, Blues Breakers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Steve Jordan has also drummed with. Uh, see here, the Keenan associ- Thompson, Associated X, Andy Samberg, <laughs> Noel Wells, Nassim Pedrad. <laughs> <laughs> 
musical guest, Steve Jordan. What if if he applied for a job? (laughs) First of all, a drummer bringing a resume is hilarious. But what if he applied for a job and he's like, I have drummed with Steve Martin. (laughs) (laughs) Just listing whoever's been on SNL in the last year. John Cena. Channing Um, Tatum. He is a member of the John Mayer Trio. So you know he's good. Of course he is. Um, Oh, he was also on, he was the studio drummer for all of the Blues Brothers. And shockingly, he so he is a black man and he played with Eric Clapton, which I'm surprised Eric Clapton allowed that to be a thing. Well, he made sure he didn't have a vaccine first. Yeah. So God, then he was good. to. He's like, you know what? I'm taking what I can get now. <laughs> um, This summer, Peter and I rarely text each other because we were both very busy. But no, because like th- we hate each other. Uh, I mean, right, right. yeah, busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was busy. Um, yeah, but uh, the three times we did, it was about how much of an asshole Eric Clapton. <laughs> it, it it really yeah bears repeating. That man sucks. He's the fucking and like cool. He wrote Layla. He's also the biggest asshole in the world. Like yeah, and you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Overrated Eric Clapton. Oh, overrated fully. guitar player. Yeah, uh, he is. He is very good, but he is not in the pantheon of greats. No, he's not in my top 10 even. No. Probably not, not even, even top close. 20s. Yeah. No. Not at all. It's really only because I guess he stayed alive. Like, that helps a Could lot. Be. A lot yeah. of other great guitarists, I feel like, are dead or died younger. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. And he killed Jimi Hendrix. R.I.P. I don't know if that's... Oh, well. Yeah. Our first dance is the way you look tonight, so I think it'll go well. Yeah. Good. We'll enjoy it. Um, Not the way you look tonight. Wonderful tonight is what you God like. damn it. Yes. Isn't the lyric, though, like literally, you look wonderful tonight? Yeah. So I'm not that crazy. Well, okay. Well, no. well, well, I, uh, I learned that song well, on guitar on the old six string to play for my mother's 50th birthday party where i was the live music act because that's apparently a song she likes i don't know i i I didn't hear before that she liked it and i've never heard after that that she liked it but (laughs) um quick question did you do all the solo stuff or did you just do it acoustic because uh i did play on my electric guitar plugged into my little cute amplifier in the corner of the living room but I think I did a little bit of the lit. It's pretty easy. That you know the wow wow wow. Yeah. I think I did that a little bit, but I mostly did chords because I was not good enough to make. It's tough as a as a solo guitar player to make like a solo line like that sound full. So, all of that will be edited out. Um. <laughs> Please. Um, R.I.P. Charlie. It's a it's a insult to his legacy that we would talk about Eric Clapton on a show dedicated to Charlie Watts. Yeah, it's true. Well, yeah, I imagine they would not get along. No. Yeah. Well, mostly Charlie wouldn't appreciate the whole stealing other people's wives thing. I think. But. Yeah, Charlie's not into that shit. Um, but you know what? Uh, Ronnie yeah. Wood stole Patty Harrison from eric clapton so it all worked out in the end it comes full circle and then george harrison and ronnie wood just got together at the end of it all yeah they just started fucking they're like fuck it why are we still stealing wise from each other let's just get together guys that's what we're really eric clapton would be sometimes there for a circle jerk for sure trying to do here oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. that's right 
Well, can we bring it all back to jizz music? Jizz music. Rest in peace, Charlie Watts. Yeah, it's sad. Very sad. Hope the stones can survive without him. Huh. Just kidding. Now they only have to split the money three ways. Yeah. Well, two ways. <laughs> Are they still fucking Ronnie Wood out of money? Uh, no, I think Ronald's a full-on member. I mean, he probably gets paid less, but he's definitely an official member. Yeah. So, two and a half ways, we'll say. Yeah. <laughs> well, Charlie Watts, RIP to a real one. Yeah. That's right. I hope you're sitting in your car up in, in heaven. Up in heaven, buddy. <laughs> If only you went to jail for tax evasion, then, uh, yeah, you know, you could have could have joined the portrait. <coughs> I know. If only. So sad. Oh, wait. I mean, they no, kind of did. did in the 70s, so he could definitely right. be in there. He gets to join the portrait. Yeah, uh, they're the band playing in the back of that. <laughs> yeah, they're the, yeah, the band yeah. up in, in the bar in heaven that Martha Stewart's sitting at. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All well, right. That stone, you know what? His time has rolled to an end. It sure has. Yeah. That and it's stone is no longer rolling. It's gonna be growing moss now. Well, see you, Pete. See you, Charlie. Beach Boys Boys Production.